If you're enjoying this Crush Step 1 podcast, you can now get the content along with the content of the Med Prep to Go Step 1 Questions podcast ad-free in one bundle. Just go to medpreptogo.com and find our new subscription podcast called the Med Prep to Go Step 1 Bundle. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Ted O'Connell, one of the authors of Crush Step 1, the ultimate USMLE Step 1 review, along with my co-authors, Ryan Pedigo and Thomas Blair. I am also the chief content officer for Inside the Boards. This is the Crush Step 1 podcast based on the second edition of our best-selling book. The goal is to provide you high-yield and high-quality audio content of the book to help you study on the go and reclaim some of the time in your day. This is Nick Nissen. I am a fourth-year medical student at the Warren Alpert Medical School of Brown University, who will be starting psychiatry residency this summer. I will be narrating the hematology-oncology chapter of CRUSH Step 1, Second Edition. Hematology is the study of the physiology and pathology of blood and blood-forming organs. The pluripotent hematopoietic stem cell, or HSC, is the precursor to all cells in blood and also gives rise to cells of the lymphoid system. As a result, lymph nodes and lymph tissue are included in the study of hematology. The organs associated with hematology are usually defined by the sites in which pathologic conditions can arise. These include the bone marrow, lymph nodes, and intravascular compartment. The intravascular compartment is where blood cells circulate and includes the endothelial cell lining of blood vessels as well as the proteins in the blood plasma. Anatomy Blood Blood is a specialized connective tissue composed of red blood cells, or RBCs, white blood cells, or WBCs, and platelets suspended in plasma. Blood cells include three major types. 1. Erythrocytes, or RBCs. 2. Leukocytes, or WBCs. And 3. Platelets. About 45% of the total blood volume is made up of blood cells. Plasma. The straw-colored liquid that suspends the blood cells in whole blood. Blood plasma is obtained by centrifugation of whole blood and is the acellular liquid that remains after the blood cells are removed. Plasma contains clotting factors 
unlike serum, and other components such as dissolved proteins and electrolytes. Blood plasma makes up the other 55% of total blood volume. Plasma is serum plus clotting factors. Serum. This is blood plasma without clotting factors. As noted, the HSC is the precursor to cells in the blood and lymphoid system. The HSC has the ability to differentiate into one of two cells, the common myeloid progenitor or CMP cell, or the common lymphoid progenitor or CLP cell. The myeloid system originates from CMP cells, which can give rise to RBCs, WBCs, and platelets. The cells of myeloid lineage arise in the bone marrow. CLP cells generate both T and B lymphocytes through a process called lymphopoiesis. The myeloid lineage. Erythrocytes or RBCs are specialized biconcave anucleate cells that carry oxygen to and carbon dioxide from tissues via the hemoglobin protein. To maximize gas exchange of O2 and CO2, RBCs have a large surface area to volume ratio. Also, in an effort to increase their oxygen carrying capacity, as RBCs mature, they lose most of their cell contents, including their nucleus and other organelles such as ribosomes and mitochondria, and replace them with hemoglobin. As a result of the loss of their mitochondria, they can only use glucose as a source of energy and obtain adenosine triphosphate or ATP mostly via glycolysis. Less than 10% of ATP comes from hexose monophosphate shunt. As the RBC ages, it loses its energy-producing capabilities, causing its cell membrane to stiffen. These stiff old RBCs are at increased risk of getting caught in the splenic circulation and being removed by splenic macrophages. The RBC lifespan is about 120 days. Fetal erythropoiesis, or RBC production, occurs in different places with some overlap throughout the lifespan of the fetus. It begins in the yolk sac between three to eight weeks, then the liver from six weeks to birth, followed by the spleen from 10 to 28 weeks, and bone marrow from 18 weeks to adulthood. This is popularly summarized through the mnemonic, young liver synthesized blood, or Y for yolk sac, L for liver, S for spleen, and B for bone marrow. Reticulocytes are an immature RBC that have expelled most of its cellular content but still contains a reticular or mesh-like network of ribosomal RNA. Reticulocytes account for less than 2% of RBCs in the peripheral blood. This percentage is reflected in the reticulocyte count. Key Definitions Erythrocytosis or polycythemia is an increase in the number of RBCs. Anisocytosis refers to red blood cells of varying sizes. Poikilocytosis refers to red blood cells of varying shapes. The mnemonic neutrophils like making everything better, or NLMEB, 
demonstrates the white blood cell differential from highest to lowest in percentage. N neutrophils are the highest percentage, followed by L lymphocytes, followed by M monocytes, E eosinophils, and B basophils as the least prevalent. Leukocytes. Leukocytes, or WBCs, are the blood cells that help the body fight infections or mount inflammatory responses. The normal count ranges from 4,000 to 10,000 cells per microliter. Leukocytes can be divided into five subtypes, referred to as the WBC differential, in order from highest percentage to lowest is neutrophils, lymphocytes, monocytes, eosinophils, and basophils. Neutrophils are also referred to as polymorphonuclear neutrophils, or PMNs, and are segmented because they contain a nucleus with multiple segments. Neutrophils account for 50% to 80% of the total WBC count. These cells are an essential part of the innate immune system. Neutrophils are typically the first responders in the acute phase of inflammation and are the predominant cells in pus. They act to phagocytize or engulf and digest bacteria, cellular debris, and dead tissue. In the circulation, half are marginated or adherent to the endothelial cells of blood vessels, and the other half are in the peripheral circulation. They exit the circulation via chemotactic stimuli in a process called diapedesis. Neutrophils can be divided into three morphologic groups. One, non-segmented or banned neutrophils are immature neutrophils that can be seen in acute infections or inflammation. The bone marrow is sending out everything it has to fight an infection, even if the cells are not fully mature. Number two, segmented or mature or morphologically appropriate neutrophils with three to five nuclear lobes. Or number three, hypersegmented neutrophils, which usually have more than five lobes and are associated with vitamin B12 or folate deficiencies. Here you can find figure 11.1, which demonstrates erythropoiesis and the differentiation of self-renewing hematopoietic stem cells into a common myeloid progenitor cell, which can make erythrocytes, platelets, basophils, eosinophils, neutrophils, and monocytes or a common lymphoid progenitor cell, which can make B and T lymphocytes and natural killer cells. CFU is also mentioned, which stands for colony-forming unit. Monocytes are large mononuclear cells that are easily recognizable by their kidney-shaped nucleus and account for 2-10% to of all white blood cells. Monocytes become macrophages when they leave the bloodstream and enter the tissue. They form part of the mononuclear phagocyte system and act to clean up circulating debris, microorganisms, senescent RBCs, and damaged cells. Macrophages survive in tissues for up to 80 days and are named by their tissue of origin. For example, Cooper cells in the liver, alveolar macrophages in lungs, oligodendrocytes, or glial cells in the brain. Monocytes and macrophages function as antigen-presenting cells by phagocytosing pathogens and displaying proteins from them on their cell surface, 
via Major Histocompatibility Complex, or MHC Class II, for recognition by lymphocytes. Eosinophils are cells with bilobed nuclei and have prominent eosinophilic or reddish-orange granules. They account for 1% to 6% of WBCs. They contain proteins such as major basic protein or MBP in their granules that are released or degranulated in response to immune stimulus by foreign proteins. MBP is important in defending against helminthic and protozoan infections. Eosinophils are increased in invasive parasitic infections, allergic processes, and neoplasms. This can be remembered by the mnemonic for the causes of eosinophilia, NAACP. N stands for neoplasia, A stands for asthma, the second A stands for allergies, C stands for collagen and vascular disease, and P stands for parasites. Basophils also have bilobed nuclei, but have granules that stain blue in basic stain, basophilic granules. They account for less than 1% of WBCs. They are most commonly involved in inflammatory reactions that cause allergic symptoms. They express immunoglobin E or IgE receptors that release histamine, heparin, prostaglandins, leukotrienes, and other vasoactive amines when stimulated. Basophils are very similar to mast cells, but basophils exist in the blood, whereas mast cells exist in the tissue. Mast cells are involved in type 1 hypersensitivity reactions and mediate allergic reactions via the release of histamine. Basophil levels are often elevated in patients with myeloproliferative disorders such as chronic myelogenous leukemia. Platelets or thrombocytes are anucleate cell fragments that play a central role in hemostasis or blood coagulation. They are derived from the cytoplasm of megakaryocytes in the bone marrow. The lifespan of platelets is about 7 to 10 days, with the first two days of life spent in the spleen. This becomes important in congestive or inflammatory disorders that can lead to the entrapment of platelets in an enlarged spleen. The normal platelet count ranges from 150,000 to 400,000 per millimeter cubed. The lymphoid lineage. Lymphocytes are also leukocytes, as are all white blood cells. But these originate from CLP cells in the bone marrow and are therefore of lymphoid rather than myeloid lineage. They are small round cells with a small amount of cytoplasm and densely staining nuclei. They normally account for 25% to 33% of white blood cells. There are four types of lymphocytes, T cells, B cells, plasma cells, and natural killer or NK cells. Figure 11.2 demonstrates a lymphocyte, showing the characteristic large densely staining nucleus. T lymphocytes are primarily responsible for mediating the cellular immune response. They are made in the bone marrow and later migrate to the thymus, where they can begin to mature. Once they mature, they leave the thymus and reside in the lymphoid tissues. T cells can be distinguished from other lymphocytes by the presence of a T cell receptor. 
They differentiate into helper T cells, cytotoxic T cells, and suppressor T cells. Helper T cells or CD4 T cells help other white blood cells complete their immunologic tests. For example, maturation of B cells into plasma cells, activation of macrophages or cytotoxic T cells. They express CD4 and recognize their targets by binding MHC2. MHC2 is expressed on the surface of antigen-presenting cells. See Chapter 6 for a discussion of MHC. Cytotoxic T-cells, or CD8 T-cells, help eliminate tumor cells and cells infected by viruses. They express CD8 and recognize their targets by binding MHC1. MHC1 is expressed on the surface of almost every cell in the body except anucleate cells such as platelets and red blood cells. This can be remembered by the mnemonic MHC times CD equals 8. For MHC1, when paired with CD8, when multiplied together, the total is 8. For MHC2 and CD4, when multiplied together, 4 and 2 also equals 8. This is how the combination of CD and MHC can be remembered for these cells. B lymphocytes are part of the humoral immune system. Their primary functions are to create antibodies against antigens, act as APCs, and develop into memory cells for future immune response. They are made in the bone marrow, partly mature in the bone marrow, and later migrate to lymphoid tissues. Large quantities of B cells reside in the follicles of lymph nodes and white pulp of the spleen. The terminal differentiation of a B cell happens in the peripheral lymph tissues, such as lymph nodes, when they encounter antigens. Once they encounter an antigen, B cells differentiate into plasma cells that can produce antibodies. NK cells are part of an innate immune system and are a type of cytotoxic lymphocyte. They play a large role in the destruction of cells infected by viruses and neoplasms. They work by releasing proteins like perforin and granzyme that induce programmed cell death or apoptosis. Physiology Blood groups ABO and RH systems Blood grouping is based on the following. 1. The presence of surface antigens on RBCs. 2. The presence of plasma antibodies against antigens that are not present on host RBCs and three, the presence or absence of RH factor. The ABO system is an excellent example of codominant expression of alleles of a gene, meaning that the contributions of both alleles are visible in the phenotype. If a person has inherited the 1A or 1B alleles, they will have the AB blood group phenotype and produce both A-type and B-type antigens on the RBC surface. Your body always produces antibodies against antigens not present on your RBC cell surface. In A-group, your body produces A-antigen on RBC surface and anti-B antibody in circulation. In the B-group, your body produces a B-antigen on the RBC surface and an anti-A antibody and circulation. In AB group, your body produces 
A and B antigen on the RBC surface and therefore has no antibodies. These patients can receive blood transfusions from all blood types because of the presence of no antibodies against RBC cell surface antigens that are produced. They are known as universal recipients. In the O group, your body produces no antigens on the RBC surface and an anti-A and an anti-B antibody. These patients can donate blood to all blood types because their RBCs lack antigens on the cell surface, so they are known as universal donors. The RH system is based on the presence or absence of five most important antigens, D, C, little c, E, and little e, on the RBC cell surface. However, the most clinically important antigen is the D antigen. It is the most immunogenic. Strictly speaking, when a person is said to be RH positive, that person produces the D antigen. Unlike the ABO system, RH antibodies are only made if an RH negative person is exposed to RH positive blood. At baseline, RH negative people do not produce the D antigen on their RBC cell surface and do not produce the anti-RH antibodies. RH negative individuals can become sensitized, i.e. produce anti-RH antibodies during a blood transfusion from an RH positive blood. Another example of acquiring anti-RH antibodies is during pregnancy. An RH negative mother carrying an RH positive fetus will be exposed to RH positive blood if there is significant fetomaternal hemorrhage i.e. during a miscarriage or antepartum bleeding, or during delivery. In instances of fetomaternal hemorrhage, Rh immunoglobulin, or ROGAM, is given to Rh-negative mothers. Rh-negative mothers also receive ROGAM at 28 weeks of pregnancy and within 72 hours of delivery. Remember that IgM antibodies do not cross the placenta. They do not interact with fetal circulation. IgG antibodies do cross placenta and can be transferred into the fetal circulation. As is seen in Table 11.1, the phenotype or expressed and genotype or genetic makeup for red blood cell surface proteins include the phenotype A, which can be a genotype of AA or AO, phenotype B, which can be from a genotype of BB or BO, phenotype AB, which is from genotype AB, or phenotype O, which is from genotype OO. Hemostasis, the coagulation cascade. Hemostasis is a cessation of blood flow through a blood vessel or body tissue and is a physiologic endpoint after injury to a vessel wall or tissue. Normally, the endothelial cells of intact vessels prevent hemostasis by continually secreting anticoagulants and inhibitors of platelet aggregation. When injury to the vessel wall occurs, the endothelial cells cease to produce these inhibitors and instead release procoagulation factors, von Willebrand factor and tissue thromboplastin, that initiate hemostasis. Normally, hemostasis and thrombosis result from a careful interplay between protein and cell components. The first component, or protein, involves a group of proteins 
that specialize in coagulation or clot formation, fibrinolysis or clot dissolution, and anticoagulation or regulation of clot formation. The three protein components work to balance each other and localize hemostasis to the site of injury. The second component, which is cellular, involves platelets, endothelial cells, or cells lining the blood vessel wall, and neutrophils and monocytes. The initial part of hemostasis involves the following. 1. The formation of a platelet plug, followed by 2. Blood coagulation, and 3. Growth of a fibrous tissue into the clot to repair the site of injury. A platelet plug begins to form on vessel injury and acts as a temporizing measure to repair injury to blood vessels. This process happens in three steps, adhesion, aggregation, and platelet swelling. As is seen in figure 11.3, platelet adhesion and aggregation, von Willebrand factor is the bridge that allows platelet glycoprotein 1B receptor to adhere to the endothelium. To allow platelets to bind to other platelets, fibrinogen is a bridging molecule and uses a platelet glycoprotein 2B slash 3A receptor. Also shown are deficiency states causing improper platelet adhesion and or aggregation. Adhesion. This occurs when injury to the blood vessel wall exposes subendothelial collagen. Von Willebrand factor, or VWF, is released and binds to the glycoprotein 1B receptor on the platelet surface. At the site of injury, von Willebrand factor is released from the endothelium and from the platelet, helping to form additional links between the platelets and exposed collagen fibrils. Von Willebrand factor also circulates in the plasma bound to factor 8, acting as a stabilizer for factor 8. Therefore, von Willebrand factor deficiency also causes decreased factor VIII levels. Aggregation Aggregation involves a complex balance between factors that favor aggregation versus those that prevent aggregation. Undamaged endothelium secretes inhibiting factors, e.g. prostacyclin, that prevent aggregation. Increased turbulence at a site of damaged endothelium promotes aggregation. Activated platelets release adenosine diphosphate, or ADP, thromboxane A2, or TXA2, VWF, calcium, serotonin, and other factors, which in turn help activate additional platelets and promote aggregation. ADP interacts with the ADP receptor on the platelet surface and initiates a cascade that promotes the insertion of glycoprotein 2B3A receptors on the platelet surface. The GP2B3A receptor, a calcium-dependent receptor on the platelet surface, binds fibrinogen and helps cross-link adjacent platelets, an important final step in primary hemostasis. Platelet swelling Platelet swelling occurs as soon as platelets attach to the injured surface. Activated platelets undergo a conformational change of shape from spherical to stellate or star-shaped. 
These changes help make them stickier by increasing the surface area for fibrinogen to crosslink adjacent platelets via the GP2B3A receptor. The end result is a large accumulation of platelets and formation of a platelet plug in primary hemostasis over the site of injury. This plug is strong enough to stop bleeding until the final product of the coagulation cascade. Fibrin helps stabilize the platelet plug via the formation of fibrin mesh, i.e. secondary hemostasis. The coagulation cascade is initiated when there is trauma to blood vessels or tissues, or if circulating blood comes into contact with subendothelial collagen. There are two basic pathways, both involving plasma clotting proteins, the extrinsic pathway and the intrinsic pathway. Both of these pathways culminate in the activation of prothrombin, or factor 2, to thrombin, factor 2A, and fibrinogen to fibrin. So remember, the extrinsic pathway factor is 7, and the intrinsic pathway factor is factor 8, 9, 11, and 12. Figure 11.4 shows the intrinsic and extrinsic coagulation cascade. The extrinsic or tissue factor TF pathway begins with trauma to the endothelium of the blood vessel and is the most prominent pathway involved in the clotting cascade. After damage to blood vessels, two initiators of clotting are released, TF or factor 3 and tissue phospholipids. Factor 7, a plasma clotting factor in the circulation, comes into contact with the exposed TF and forms an activated complex. Factor 7 is one of the vitamin K-dependent clotting factors and requires calcium to form a complex with TF. The TF factor 7 complex along with tissue phospholipids and calcium, then acts on factor 10 to form activated factor 10. The activation of factor 10 to factor 10A is the point at which the extrinsic and intrinsic pathways converge into the common pathway. Factor 10A, along with tissue phospholipids, calcium, and factor 5, which acts as a cofactor to factor 10A, form a complex that activates prothrombin, or factor 2, to thrombin, factor 2A. Remember, first-degree hemostasis equals platelet plug formation. Second-degree hemostasis equals coagulation factors, fibrin strands, and plug strengthening. The intrinsic or contact activation pathway is initiated on the activation of factor 12, or Hageman factor, to factor 12A. It is known as the contact system because it was discovered that factor 12 can auto-activate when it comes into contact with a negatively charged surface, such as a glass tube or exposed collagen from a damaged blood vessel. The activation of factor 12 is also facilitated by circulating high molecular weight caninogen, HMWK, in this setting. Factor 12A 
simultaneously activates coagulation and anticoagulation cascades. The coagulation cascade works by amplification and the creation of large amounts of thrombin. Activation of the anticoagulation cascade helps localize the thrombin production. The clotting cascade is continued by factor 12A's activation of factor 11 to factor 11A, which in turn activates factor 9, Christmas factor, to factor 9A. Factor 9A forms a four-component complex with factor 8, platelet phospholipids, and calcium. This four-component complex merges into the first step of the final common pathway by activating factor 10 to factor 10A. Factor 10A, along with tissue phospholipids, calcium, and factor 5, forms a complex that activates prothrombin to thrombin. The anticoagulation cascade is initiated by factor 12A via the activation of plasminogen and of the caninogen system. Plasminogen is activated by tissue plasminogen activator, or TPA, and produces plasmin, an enzyme that works to cleave the fibrin meshwork. This cleavage produces fibrinogen, degradation products, or FDPs, and insoluble fibrin monomers called D-dimers. The caninogen system produces calocrein and bradykinin. Calocrein activates the fibrinolytic system and promotes the activation of plasminogen into plasmin, whereas bradykinin acts as part of the body's inflammatory response to increase vasodilation, vessel permeability, and pain. Coagulation cascade. Key points. Prothrombin, or factor II, is a vitamin K-dependent plasma protein that is produced in the liver. In the liver, epoxide reductase converts vitamin K to activated vitamin K, which acts as a cofactor for the vitamin K-dependent coagulation proteins. The vitamin K-dependent coagulation proteins include factors 2, 7, 9, and 10, protein C, and protein S. Warfarin inhibits the vitamin K epoxide reductase enzyme, and blocks production of these cofactors. All vitamin K-dependent proteins require calcium as a cofactor. Vitamin K deficiency leads to decreased production of factors 2, 7, 9, and 10, protein C and protein S. Neonates require supplemental vitamin K at birth because their bowel lacks the bacteria to produce vitamin K. The main actions of thrombin include the following. Convert fibrinogen to fiber. Activating factor 8 required for the intrinsic pathway and factor 5 and activating factor 13, the fibrin stabilizing factor. Factors that are consumed in a clot are factors 1, 2, 5, and 8. People will be deficient in these factors if they are constantly activating the coagulation cascade e.g. in sepsis. Figure 11.5 shows the main actions of thrombin, or factor 2a. Factors that enhance formation of a thrombus in vessels include the following. TF, or factor 3, is a non-circulating protein that is released from injured tissue and initiates the extrinsic pathway by activating factor 7. Von Willebrand factor acts as the glue 
that allows platelets to adhere to exposed collagen on injured endothelium. Platelets bind von Willebrand factor via glycoprotein 1b receptors on their surface. It is made by endothelial cells and is also carried within platelets in their alpha granules. Thromboxane A2 is made within platelets. When it is released, it acts as a vasoconstrictor and enhancer of platelet aggregation by improving fibrinogen attachment to its receptor on the platelet. With that, we wrap up today's episode of the Crush Step 1 podcast. A big thank you to Elsevier Incorporated, the publishing company behind Crush Step 1, as well as all of my other books, for allowing us to put out this book in podcast format. Thank you for joining us, and please check out our other chapters.